We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Welcome to Transformative Principal, where I help you be a leader and not just to run from one fire to the next. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I want to do a little bit of a review for a year that has included a lot of changes for me professionally. I want to list some of the greatest events from the podcast that I released this year. You can check out my current top 10 list of podcasts at transformativeprincipal.org slash top 10. But this list is going to talk about the top 10 things that I implemented this year as a result of interviewing some amazing guests. So we're going to start with the one that has been downloaded the most that is Improving the School Scheduling Nightmare with Adam Pizzoni. Transformative Principle 185. So this was released in August, and it was a really great interview about fixing the master schedule in school. And my big takeaway was when Adam said that instead of asking what was possible from schools, he asked what prevents traditional schools from iterating. And that train of thought has led me to make decisions about the intentionality to combat some of those things that we that prevent us from iterating and make sure we still iterate with even with the struggles that we face. So I'm going to play a clip from that about two and a half minutes so that you can hear what that conversation was like. What I became really interested in was this idea that, you know, schools that we, we've got this set of progressive schools today, a very small number that that are doing some pretty amazing things. And yet that's a small number. And and my goal was really about equity and like, how do we have better a better school for, for most kids. And so instead of asking what's possible in school, 
I began to wonder, you know, what prevents traditional schools from iterating and from improving in larger ways? And, and you know, one of the things I discovered right away is that, you know, any school can implement ed tech or, or you know, curriculum software in the classroom. That's clearly not the difference between a really good school and a not good school. And what I kept finding was that the, the kind of changes that we all hope that uh, for in our schools are often the kind of changes that teachers don't have the power to make. I mean, teachers are obviously one of the most important aspects of a good education uh, in terms of their instructional quality and the relationships that they develop with their students. But teachers can't decide who is in what classroom and who gets paired together and whether students are tracked and whether that teacher has time to collaborate with others or, you know, just a, a huge number of decisions. And so I just kept narrowing in on sort of where is the greatest leverage for change, given especially where, where people don't seem to be looking. And not only, you know, before it was scheduling, it was the principal. It was just a question of, wow, there's this role, the principal, that has so much power over the school. And yet it's such a difficult job because they have so little help. They're expected to do so much. And I think it was just through that process of trying to understand what, what really happens. How does the school structure get set that I discovered this, this huge area of master scheduling? And it's amazing to me that so few people in education really have ever heard of. And yet to, you know, the degree to which the master schedule is the blueprint of a school. And if you go to a principal and say, I want you to change something structurally about the school, the first, you know, question is, how do I make that work in my master schedule? And that's exactly. not an easy, yeah, it's not an easy question because if you're going to add some new flex period, for example, you got to figure out how to make that work with the time and resources you have. And that's no easy task. Okay. So for the next one, number two, enjoy the journey with Jethro Jones. Again, these are all linked on the uh, show notes page for this one. So you can go to transformativeprincipal.org uh, slash top 10 2017 for 2017, and you'll get links to all these so that you can go listen to the episodes in their entirety. And so this one I think is pretty cool because I share my four-year plan for my new school uh, that I just came to this year. And so we're going to listen to that. So I'll give you a second to listen to that. Let's talk about what the plan is for personalized learning here at Tanana. And I broke this down into a four-year plan. And this is how long I plan to be here at least. <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking. This year, we do personalized learning aspect of some lesson or unit each quarter. And we start preparing for a flexible learning block. A time in the day where kids have some choice, where they are able to choose what they're going to spend their time on that day. Now, this is something that is very doable, that all of you can do this week. All of you participated in a great personalized learning activity this morning and had an opportunity to see what that could look like. And I greatly appreciate that. And I greatly appreciate all the work that Courtney put into making that happen. And it was, she did a great job and I'm so thankful for that. You've had the experience of doing that. You're going to have more experience doing that on Tuesday as part of our personalized learning workshop that's happening in the afternoon. And we'll talk more about that later. Next year, what I'd like to see is personalized learning aspect in every month, semester one, and every 
other week in semester two. I want us to implement a flexible learning block and start piloting a personalized learning plan for each student. 19 and 20, personalized learning and aspects in every single lesson, expansion of flexible learning block, and a personalized learning plan for every student. 2020-2021, we need to be ready to not have a bell schedule, specific course classes, and we need to have student-driven, standards-based lessons delivered based on data, student need, and preference. That's where we're going to go in four years. Take a minute and talk at your tables about your thoughts about that. I'll give you about five minutes. So your big question is, how are we going to get there? I'm going to give you support. I'm going to give you a framework. We are going to network with other schools that are already doing it. We are going to virtually, at the very least, visit those other schools and invite them to visit us and give us support. We are going to go one step at a time. This is a picture of me jumping off a sand dune in college and jumping into the abyss. We are not going to leap into the unknown. There are other schools that are doing these things. I have done these things. Many of you have done some of these things. We've got this. We are going to use PLCs and faculty meetings to help us move in this direction. And I am going to be there to support you in doing that. Over the next four years, we're going to have 320 hours of PLCs and faculty meetings to get us to this point. I think that you are capable. I think that you are ready. I think that you want to make a name for yourself. What I've heard a lot is that Tanana is a great place. Many of you are scared about what could happen I did not come up here to be the principal of this school for one or two years and then have it be gone. This school is going to be the model for personalized learning in our school district and quite possibly in the country. We have all the right people. We have the support from the district. We have the support from the school board. We are going to be a standout school. And people are going to want to come and visit this school and see how we're doing it because we are going to be inspiring. That's what I'm prepared for. I hope that you're prepared for it as well. And I believe that you are. So what I really liked here is uh, in talking about my plan, I know that there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different things that are happening. Number one, it's great to feel very clear about where you're heading and know what you're going to look like in four years, man, I got to tell you that is liberating. But what's also cool is that instead of starting parts of my plan next year, things have already needed to happen and they've been brought forward. The ideas have been brought forward by other people, not me. And so, for example, we start a flexible learning block with advisory, much like we did tutorials down in Kodiak did a very similar thing. Advisory wasn't working. And so in order to make it work, we started giving kids choices and teachers choices and have what they were going to teach and how they're going to teach it. And so far, it's just been amazing to see that happen. But then what's really cool is that some teachers came to me and said, hey, we'd like to do this service learning, flexible learning block at our school for next semester. And actually wanted to start it like right away. I mean, how cool is that, that the things that I'm trying to 
implement, people are now coming to me and saying, let's do this. And a little bit later in this, I'm going to talk about why I think that is that they are doing that. But I just love the idea that teachers are coming to me to ask for these things. So on to number three. Number three is don't try to change people, change behavior with Tom Hirk, episode 188. And in this episode, it was really powerful when Tom shared how to be a transformative principal. He said, ensure that relationships are healthy and positive. Being positive doesn't guarantee a good outcome, but being negative does guarantee a negative outcome. Really insightful. Let's listen to what he has to say about that. I think, you know, one of of the the simplest things that goes right back to the first word I use is is to ensure that the relationships you have are healthy and positive. You know, being positive doesn't guarantee a result, but being negative sure does. Let's focus on being positive. Let's focus on what we believe to be the best in our educational uh, colleagues, the best in our students, the best in our parent support network, the best in our community. Um, will you get disappointed periodically? Yep. But I got to tell you, again, being positive sure beats the heck out of being negative. So that was cool. Let me just tell you, I have seen that to be so true. Things don't always work out well when you are positive, but when you're negative, everything is negative and you're going to have a negative outcome. And it is so hard to overcome that negativity, but it's possible with just a little bit of positivity to overcome that. The next one is a phrase that I have used so much. Number four is rules turn students into classroom lawyers with Tom Herrick. Again, that's episode 187. And in this one, really that phrase, rules turn students into classroom lawyers, man, I have seen that so much through my career that it is just mind boggling how good these kids get at being lawyers when, you know, we don't expect them to be able to you know, write a argument essay. We have to teach that to them. The reality is they already know how to argue pretty dang well, and we just need to correct a couple things. But that students being classroom lawyers has, <laughs> there are a couple of kids at my school now where I, I just see them flourishing with a law degree later in their life. So let's uh, listen to what Tom says about meeting students who are connected and not disappointing. You know, I was doing a job interview for someone yesterday to be a special ed teacher, and I asked him what the, how to create a perfect classroom, and his answer was so, so perfect. He said, well, it really depends on what kids are in my classroom, and can you talk a little bit about how to create a positive learning environment in your classroom? Yeah, no, and I, you know, uh, I appreciate the story you just shared, and I think it's it's one of those pieces of our job that, on some level, seems to be easiest to let go of as we rush to ensure, um, you know, we've got the right pedagogical skill set and the right lesson construction, etc. Uh, if I had to use one word to define my thirty-four years, that word would be relationships. Uh, we've got to build them first. I've yet to meet a kid who is connected who disappoints. Um, I know this to be absolutely true. If we build them, they will learn. Uh, So, you know, for me, you know, and the the response you got is bang on. I need to know who's in the class. Uh, Every kid has a gift. Every kid has a contribution yet to be made. Every kid is entitled to uh, to live a viable life as an adult. And so as we begin, uh, you know, the start of any school year is often the best time to start building that positive culture, to start to learn about the students, to start to learn learn about who's, who's who in the room. 
Um, you know, I make a note of, of trying to learn every kid's DNA. Uh, and it's not the DNA I used to teach as a, a high school science teacher, but instead the DNA that's defined as dreams, needs, and abilities. Every one of our students has dreams. Every one of our students has needs. Every one of our students has, has abilities. I lament sometimes, and, and I've had uh, the good and probably uh, the unfortunate of having stories shared with me of kids who had their dreams crushed. And far too often that's happened by folks in our profession. It's not our job to be the dream crushers, right? Uh, we need to inspire. So learn something about every kid. Start that early. Learn their DNA. So use that as the foundation to begin to build that positive culture in your classroom. Um, kids have all kinds of great ideas, right? Let, let's start with the simple stuff. Learn their names. Learn something about them. Build that connection. Here's what I know. Every kid wants adult time and attention. Knowing that, let's structure it as a real positive piece. So since I conducted this interview, which was all the way back in May, I've worked hard to make sure that kids are actually connected. I found what he said is true. When kids are connected, they rarely disappoint. So last week, um, a student threw some trash in the cafeteria, and I had worked with him to make sure that we had a relationship and that he was connected with me. And all I had to do was put my arms out as if to say, what are you doing? And then I had to wait for 30 long agonizing seconds for him to finally decide that that's what he needed to do is get up and go take care of it. Sure enough, he didn't disappoint. Now, if I weren't patient enough, then he would have disappointed because he wouldn't have done it in 10 seconds. And I would have been right over there saying, you need to pick this up. But he didn't. He he didn't disappoint and he knew that I was watching what he what he needed to do. So the next one, number five is what I wish I knew as a first-year principal with me. And I asked a bunch of people that same question. And I was at the National Principals Conference, which was an amazing experience. I met so many people who have been my virtual friends for a long time, one of whom is Jessica Cabean, and she said, take care of yourself. So let's listen to her advice for a first-year principal. Hi, this is Jessica Cabean. On Twitter, I'm at at Jessica Cabean, and my blog is Principal in Balance. Something, if I could go back to myself uh, as a first-year principal, I would say take care of yourself. The job will always be there, but it's so critically important for you to take care of yourself and your family and to take a break from leading. You're not going to be good to anyone unless you're good to yourself first. So good luck and, and keep doing the hard work. She's so great. Thanks, Jessica, for being part of this. So what she said is take care of yourself. And you know, I haven't been exercising as much as this year as I have in the past. But what I am doing a lot better is making sure that there's a delineation between work and home and not checking my email, not playing on my phone, not being distracted. I'm not perfect. That That is very true. I'm certainly not. But I'm definitely doing a lot better of being home when I'm home and being at work when I'm at work. And, you know, I feel so much better about myself and about my work when I do that, that it is totally worth the effort that goes into that to make sure that that happens. You know, I just, you really got to take care of yourself. That is the truth. You know, you're going to bring yourself out and then you're not going to be able to be there for others or for your family or for yourself later. And that is really important. So Hopefully in the new year, I will get better at uh, doing some of the other things I need to to take care of myself. But that that really hit home. 
Number six, end college and career readiness with me. That was the one little solo rant that seems to have hit a nerd as it was only released a couple of months ago, and it's already one of the most downloaded. So in this podcast, I basically argue that we need to focus on inspiring passion in our students rather than preparing them for something that we certainly can't predict, which is a career that that will change and will be different, you know, than what we experience. You know, I met a man recently who said, he said that he is a jack of all trades and a master of one learning. And I thought that was so inspiring and so awesome. So I, I was just inspired by that. You know, Mark Barnes said on a recent uh, hack learning podcast that uh, learning can't be measured. And in our traditional system, you're right. I don't think that it really can be measured, but it can in our own lives. And we are the ones best suited to measure it. So I can't measure all that I've learned from doing this podcast over the last four years in an easy to digest way, like an A, B, C, or D. But this post and this podcast is an example of what I am trying to do to summarize some of my important learning over the last couple of years or over the this last year. So I really want to make sure that that is, that that is working. Uh, one of my good friends, Darren Draper, posted on the Facebook post for this podcast and had the question, if everyone follows their passions, will society have the skilled workers it needs? We had a little back and forth that I encourage you to add your two cents to, and I put a link in the show notes for this at transformativeprinciple.org slash top 10 2017. And my real point here is that if we teach kids how to learn on their own, they'll have more success in their life, regardless of what their passions or careers are. So I hope you take the time to listen to this podcast episode in its entirety. It's only nine minutes or so. And so I'm going to go ahead and put that in here. The term that George Martinez used was path to passion rather than career pathways. That sounds so much more inspiring than just finding a, a job. And I think the reason I like that so much is that we all need something more than a J-O-B. We need our own personal mission statements that define what we're going to do and who we are as a part of our life. Number seven, Instructional Leadership Team with David Smith. That is episode 182. So David Smith's advice on how to be a transformative principal was to decide that you're going to spend time in every classroom. So let's listen to that part of the podcast. The first thing I think that they can do is decide, decide that they're going to spend time in classrooms every single week. Make a goal, set aside time, and make that happen. I was talking about this with, we have a turnaround schools program in our state, and I'm working with that program. And we were having kind of a follow-up after one of our um, professional development sessions. And, you know, principals were saying, you know, how do I do this? How do I find time to be in classrooms? And one of the principals who had been in the session took what we said to heart and she decided that she was just going to set aside some time every single day that was just sacred. And she would tell her secretary, I am visiting classrooms. I am not to be disturbed. If there's a discipline problem that can wait, it will wait. 
if there's a discipline problem that can't wait, then maybe perhaps you'll have to call me. But I'm visiting classrooms and I do not want to be disturbed. Just saying, just even saying that, just for an hour, three times a week, that's something you can start doing right now, this week, and start getting in those classrooms and seeing what's happening and then making it effective by then coaching the teacher after that visit. And that coaching can just simply take the form of an an email or a comment about, you know what, when I was in your classroom today, this is what I saw and I thought it was absolutely incredible what you were doing. Have you ever thought about trying this? You know, and that will take start them down that road because they'll get addicted to it. I think that is great advice and that is Definitely something when I came to Kodiak Middle School new, I I did that and got into three classrooms every day. That was how I set that goal. It was not necessarily time, but make sure I'm in three different classrooms. And some days I because of all the administrivia, I was only able to be there for, you know, five minutes, but I was there and was able to see something. And I think that, you know, what you said is is very important. Being there every single day is valuable. Oh, I agree. I think it's a it's a big slap in the face to a principal when you go into a classroom and everybody turns around and is like, what's he doing in here? And the teacher stops exactly. and says, did you need something from me? And that's when I know I failed. That <laughs> I haven't been in classrooms yeah. very much. <laughs> that is so true. But but if on the other hand you walk in and nobody even notices you're there, yeah, you've, you're you're starting to you're yes. you're starting to make a difference. Yep. You know that's yeah that's awesome. So I've made this my priority this year. I've made it my priority for a few years now, but this year I'm trying to spend the two mornings or the morning before lunch in classrooms every single day. You know, I'm not perfect at that, but it's helping me to do a much better job. And so definitely worthwhile to make that decision and to hold yourself accountable to that decision. Put on your calendar, tell people no, and those are hard things to do, but you've got to do it. And there was a there was a parent just the other day that was in and I was I just gotten into classrooms after putting it off and I said the parents going to have to wait for a few minutes until I can finish this observation. And I got to tell you, being able to do that really helps identify the priority for your school. Number eight, routines to make yourself more successful with Kareen Vildhoen, episode 160. This was back at the beginning of the year this year, and I really liked what she had to say. I've gotten into some great routines this year and established some that I think are really effective. I've read the book that she recommends, The 12-Week Year, and even went deep into the one thing about which I interviewed Jeff Woods, who's the host of the One Thing podcast and the vice president of The One Thing. And that should be coming out soon if it's not out already. But it's going to, it's a amazing <laughs> interview, just inspiring. This work is not easy to do of establishing routines. It's really boring. And Jeff Woods says that most people are unwilling to endure the monotony of success. And success is doing the right things at the right time and usually not big things either. Success is doing very boring, repeatable tasks over and over again to make sure that you're performing at your highest level. So let's listen to what she says about setting up these routines. Yeah, I do this at my school with my teachers too. I invite them to design a self-care plan each year and it's an annual practice for us. And I think 
that notion of design comes in here because in design, you kind of prototype things and you test them out and then you iterate on them. And so it's this never ending process. And so I like to think about designing for thriving. And for me, that's what my journeys look like. And it includes daily practices, weekly practices, monthly practices, annual practices. Um, and I don't know how specific you want me to be, but you know, my morning routine as an example, just is a really important piece where I write each morning. I do my yoga and meditation each morning. I have coffee, a 15 minute coffee with my husband each morning. I do. And I, I eat a healthy breakfast each morning. So I, I kind of do all of those things to set myself up for success. So it's that kind of um, work and thinking and, and it doesn't all come together all at once, or at least it didn't for me. It's something that over the years I have gotten better and better at. So she talks about self-care plans for her staff and for herself. And one aspect of this that I've adopted is by creating a habit using the template in the one thing, the 66 day challenge to go to bed at the same time as my wife every night and not stay up late doing things for the podcast or other work or playing games or wasting time on Facebook. That is a really small thing, but something that I know will improve my relationship with my wife, help me to get more rested and spend better time with her. With our lives being so busy with four young kids, it's easy to be distracted from these simple things. And I've gotten really bad about making sure I'm going to bed at a good time. So Going to bed at the same time as my wife, who gets tired early in the night, will definitely be a way for me to get up earlier in the morning and accomplish the the good things that I need to. Number nine, kids can't learn when they don't trust. With Zaretta Hammond, this is episode 157, which was the first episode this year on January 2nd. So we're going to talk about trust generators and how to quickly build trust. Let's have a listen. You can fast track it. I mean, it still takes time. <laughs> That's true. But I do think you can fast track it. I do think that teachers and leaders can leverage what I call trust generators. So that, you know, neuroscience tells us there are ways that human beings actually develop trust with each other. So one example is what we call selective vulnerability. What that means is I tell you something about myself that reveals kind of the inner me. And in return, we usually will reveal something about ourselves uh, in return. You know, whoever you're talking to actually reveals something about themselves. And that whole process actually creates oxytocin in our brains, which binds us, that we feel more trusting, less stress, and we're more likely to hang in there when there's a conflict because we feel friendly with that person. I have an eighth grade teacher that I worked with, and one of the things she did to build this sense of selective vulnerability is she taped a picture of herself as an eighth grader to her front desk. And the students were like, oh my gosh, that was you in eighth grade. I mean, it was all her and all her eighth grade glory, braces and all. And she said, yes. And as they saw that, wow, now this is who you are, right? A capable, attractive, bright 
woman, I possibly can be that. And the, and the fact that she would be that vulnerable with them, they made themselves more vulnerable, their willingness to share their struggles. And this started to bond them individually with her, but also collectively as a classroom with each other as they then were actually starting to build trust. And there are four other trust generators that I talk about in the book. But the idea is that you can fast track that uh, level of trust and rapport with students. So this is the part that I foreshadowed before in the in my discussion here, that some of the things that we've started doing are happening faster than I thought they would. Number one, because I put the vision out and I told people where we're going. Now people know that's where we're going. If we're going to suggest something, it should align to that. So that's been awesome. But the second part of that is these trust generators, quickly building trust so that we can move to the next level. I've been doing this with kids in my new job. I've been doing it with teachers. It is awesome because it actually works. And my question, as you've heard on the podcast many times, is how do we get this to go faster? Because I'm impatient. I want things now. That's a real challenge for me. But I got to tell you, it is so powerful when I can do something and see the fruits of the labor very quickly afterward. And this is certainly not manipulation. This is truly building trust and getting people to believe in you, to be vulnerable with them so that they can be vulnerable with you so that you can trust each other so that you can do the work that needs to happen. It's amazing. I can't believe we're moving faster than I expected we would. It's just so exciting. Number 10, where Jethro is interviewed for the Principal Matters podcast with Will Parker. Now, this one is pretty exciting because what sticks out from this interview is, number one, it was on Will Parker's podcast when we did a little simulcast release, which was cool. And then Will asked me a big question, what do I want to achieve? And I, well, here's my answer. Let's listen to it now. I'm a little bit nervous about this because I've been thinking it for a couple of weeks, Okay, but I haven't, I haven't put it out there to the world yet. And so my goal truly over the next 10 years, I was, I didn't say it before because I'm a little bit scared to go for it. Jethro. <laughs> it's kind of scary is I want to impact over 100 million students in the next 10 years. You go. And that is by helping their leaders and their teachers and anybody associated with them get better. And that that's a scary thing for me to say out loud because of what if I don't get that? I, you know? And I have chill bumps going all the way from my head down all the way to my feet right now, Jethro. I'm so, so proud of you for, for thinking about the, the impact and the influence that your work with leaders has not just on them, but on their schools, on their teachers, on their students, on their communities. And I couldn't be more excited. And man, don't be afraid to talk about that goal because just you saying that gets me so excited because I know that it's possible for you to do that. So congratulations yeah. on setting such a great goal. Thank you. I'll need your help getting there. So 100 million kids. I'm tracking that actually. And I took that challenge. I set a goal, made it public. And now I want your help. Please go to transformativeprincipal.org slash impact and help me reach that goal by adding to the survey and letting me know how many kids will be impacting because you're listening to this podcast. So, so far, I am 0.021% of the way there. 21,000 kids have been impacted so far. And you know what? That's actually pretty amazing. So I thank you 
for listening to this podcast. I thank you for helping impact the lives of students because of what you're learning here. And if you ever need to reach out to me, please do at Jethro Jones on Twitter. And I'd love to find a way to help you and impact the kids in your life. Thanks so much for listening to Transformative Principle. And I hope that you have enjoyed this. Please go to the show notes for this page at transformativeprinciple.org slash top 10 2017. Have a great day. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.